0: not doing this very often, sometimes one of the mysteries to me is how do you arrange the stuff up here? And the thing that always puzzles me is this. Now I know my mouth's gonna get dry and I'm gonna need a sip during the sermon. But whoever designed these pulpits, they should put a cup holder (laughs) or something here. You know, you just gotta think through. So if it's sometime, I've ducked down. I'm hopefully not fainting. I'm just going to get a drink of water. And uh, and as, as pastor asked me this past week to uh, uh, to do the sermon this morning, and I do thank you for the privilege. He did like what most tutoring pastors would do. He would uh, share with someone some tips that you need to know. You know if you're going to be preaching. And of course, you're probably wondering, how long is this guy going to preach? Well, I want you to rest assured that I am quite aware of that. The pastor did tell me that I needed to finish before we move from one square to the next. (laughs) So you're safe. I'm aware of time constraints and we'll be fine. Before we begin, let's have a word of prayer. lord i just thank you that your holy spirit is here that your holy spirit is in our hearts that your holy spirit will open our ears will fill our hearts if we are willing to hear and willing to receive so as we look at your word this morning lord i just pray That you will be honored and glorified in all that is said and done. That we will leave here knowing more assuredly that you love us, that you care for us, now and forevermore. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes getting started is about the most difficult thing of all. And his pastor asked me to preach, you know, you think, well, about what? And the first thing that popped into my mind was the simple, old, tried, true message that you've heard all your life The gospel is good news. Say it with me The gospel is good news. That's kind of weak. Let's try it again. The gospel is good news. And it should be day to day because the gospel is Jesus Christ. He is the good news. He is the one, hopefully that at some time in your life, you asked him to come into your life. He is good news. He is represented most faithfully in scripture, probably by the best known scripture. John 3, 16, stand along with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what he's been saying to the generations since time immemorial. I love you. I'm sending my son to die for you. And as we look at that, not only did he come to give us eternal life. But in John chapter 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, I have come, that you might have life and that more abundant. Too often times, because we fail to acknowledge on a day-to-day basis that Jesus is the good news, We do accept the eternal life, but oftentimes we miss the abundant life. The abundant life is not just for a time down the road. The abundant life is for now. And too oftentimes we just simply just don't know how to appropriate that. The abundant life simply is the... Tangible, discernible manifestation of the Holy Spirit working in our lives on a day to day basis. It should be something that you can see. You should see it in our joys and in our sorrows. How we approach our celebrations as well as our defeats can be some of the greatest witnesses to the power of the Holy Spirit working in you that it could ever be. In our victories, our defeats, in our celebrations, and in our grief, there should be a discernible difference amongst believers because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In our boredom, in the day-to-dayness, the sameness of life, as well as in the exciting times, there should be a discernible presence of the Spirit. In our realities, the situations that we just have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, and in our hopes, the things that we wish would happen, the Holy Spirit's working and growing and producing in us the fruits of the Spirit should be discernible by all. It's a process. It, takes, it goes over your whole life. There's never a time when we should say, I've arrived. I don't have to grow anymore. I can cruise. That's not true. And then what does the gospel, the good news really look like? You know, when we were saved, when we agreed with God that I'm a sinner, as Paul writes in Romans, you know, for all have sinned. When we agreed with God that that's true. God, I agree with your pronouncement. I am a sinner. I also agree with you, God, when you said in the same book, the wages of sin is death. But, oh, God, what I most agree with is also in Romans when it said that God demonstrated his love toward me, that when I hated him, he died for me. That's the good news. That should rev you up every day of your life. The reality that the God who created all that is loved you enough to die for you. And day by day, God desires to grow us into the image of his son. He desires to produce in us what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5. He desires for us to grow in love, in joy, in peace. In a world in which we live, when chaos abounds everywhere, peace is often missing. But the peace that Jesus gives is not circumstantial peace. It's not a peace that depends on the absence of conflict. It's a peace that is foundational in your spirit that regardless of the circumstances that you have to deal with, the bedrock faith in Jesus Christ will sustain you through whatever circumstance you have. Patience, kindness, and goodness are also growing qualities in the life of a believer. Many of you here have been believers for a long time. Some of you are kind of new at it. But you should be able to look back at 2015, at 2014, at 2013 and be able to say, yes, I can see that God is increasing my capacity to love, to have joy, to have peace, to have patience and kindness and goodness. Also, as we grow into the image of Christ, we will demonstrate gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You know, when you look at these nine qualities that Paul listed in Galatians, nobody in their right mind would say, oh, I don't want those. This is what we're looking for. This is why we become a consumeristic society. We think that, Bringing things in from the outside will give us these nine things. And God says, it's a gift. It's a gift when you realize that the gospel is good news. That the gospel is my son, Jesus Christ. That the gospel is the reality that he, through his Holy Spirit, is in me producing these fruits. And these fruits continue to ripen through our whole life. These are the qualities that we all want. This is that message of good news that we've heard, the phrase good news we've used it all our life. But you know what? For the good news to be good news, first, it's gotta be bad news. First of all, it was bad news for God because when He, His Son, and the Holy Spirit in conference with each other, before the creation of the universe or our world, he knew that he was going to create mankind. He knew he was going to give them the ability to either accept or reject his love. Because without that capacity, it's not love at all. You're just an automaton. God knew That each and every one of us would reject it. He knew it. He knew, according to Romans 5, he knew that the only way, the only way we could enter into a relationship with Him is if somebody paid the price. And the option was that we could pay the price and be eternally damned, or He could pay the price and we would be eternally saved. He chose to accept that bad news that I'm going to have to let my son die for you and you and me and all of us. The good news was first bad news for God. The good news was first bad news for Jesus simply because he was the one whom he knew someday hanging from a cross for the first time ever, he would be separated from his Father. Never in all the eons of time had that ever happened. And he said, I'm willing to do that for the folks at Taylor's. And it was bad news for us. Because when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life... No one comes to the Father except through me. That we are sinners. That the same love that saves us is the same love that will condemn us if we choose to reject it. That's the simple good news. The good news and the bad news. And this is why I wanted us to say several times, the gospel is good news. It's good news because you have accepted it. It's good news that is worthy to be shared. It is good news because God has commissioned us, as we hear over and over and over again, go into all the world. And make disciples. Probably if you looked at the Greek directly, it would read more as you go about your world, make disciples. Whether you're at the grocery store, the service station, shopping, or whatever, you are the touching hand of God at that moment in that place. That's the good news. The good news is God has entrusted us to tell others our stories that he is working out in us. He has led each and every one of us down a different pathway around different people that others of us will never meet, ever talk to. Each of us has a mission field. And God just simply says, go and tell. And a lot of times we get kind of confused. We, we think we have to do an elaborate, theologically accurate presentation. And if we don't do it right, they'll, they'll turn their back on God forever. I like what the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. He said, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning, concerning the word of life. The Apostle John was just simply saying, tell people what is true for you. Tell them your story of how Christ became real to you. No one can argue with your testimony. And that's the good news. It's the purpose that we have for all of our life. We never get to an age when we can say, okay, I'm through. I can just be a spectator, I can just come to church, I can float, I've done my duty. When you love someone, when you're truly convinced that Jesus loves you, you won't be able to keep your mouth shut. It'll be easier to talk about him than it will be about sports or any other beloved activity that you like. The gospel is good news. The question is is it still good news? For you. Years ago, I read a poem and I thought it was worth remembering. You probably heard it. It says, You're writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by the things that you do, by the words that you say. You are writing a gospel, whether faithless or true. Tell me, what is the gospel? according to you. Jesus just simply desires for us to tell people what He has done in our lives as individuals. That's it. Simple, straightforward. The gospel is good news. Share the good news with others. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that in the council of the heavenlies so, so long ago, before time was even measurable, that you, your son and the Holy Spirit, decided that I was worth dying for. You decided that each of these brothers and sisters here was worth dying for. And I pray that we will continually be grateful, thankful, and motivated by so great a love. I pray that as we leave from this place, we will leave delighted that we can bask in the majesty of your love that we will be encouraged that no matter what, you love us and that you're with us. That if our faith has lagged somewhat, that your spirit will give us the motivation to restore and renew. So Father, I pray that we will be better people, better believers, better missionaries, more delighted and excited to share with people the good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.